for a light to dawn. The prophets had fallen silent. Injustice and oppression reigned. The people yearned for a Messiah. praying earnestly for salvation. Into this darkness, God sent his Son. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Claimed to shepherds, sought by kings, Emmanuel, God with us, the hope of every nation, wonderful counselor, mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. He is here. Christmas, everybody. It's good to have you this morning. If, if you want to, I know we have a little smaller crowd today. You can scoot up a little bit if you want to and, and come a little closer to the front. But live streamers, I uh, hope you're on with us today and welcome on Facebook, uh, YouTube, wherever you're watching. Thanks for joining us on this Christmas, but we're glad to have you this morning. Isaiah chapter number nine. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it, to uphold it, with justice, with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Amen. That's Christmas. So we've come this morning in the midst of all of our festivities that we have over Christmas Eve, Christmas, and, and all the times around it to just be together and, and for a few moments worship Jesus, remember his birth, why he has come. Amen. As, as, the, as the Christmas hymn says, that we come, that we can adore him. Amen? Let, let's worship him together this morning.
the king said no and I've come to be the spotless lamb undone and I will fall but not to you in the dark in the shadows light has come in the quiet in the dead of night glory glory sing the angels in the highest at last the king is born to us to A virgin son, this child was born to give his life for us. Good news, good news, oh glorious, in the dark, in the shadows light has come. In the quiet, in the dead of night, glory, glory, sing the angels in the highest. At last, the King has arrived.
up. Our King has come to favor. We praise you today, Jesus. We worship you. You are the only one that can save us. We look to no other. You are our source. You are our life. In you is our forgiveness, our peace, our hope. Yes, you are the shining light. You're the open door to salvation. You're the healing touch to all of our being. Yes, you are our Lord and our King. For you are King of kings. You are Lord of lords. You are the Savior that has come to take away the sin of this world. And we praise you today. We've come to bow down to adore you. 
We've come to proclaim your name together. For we are your people. You are our God. You have redeemed us. You've brought us back from the pit of our sin. And restored us to life in you. True life, abundant life. Life as you intend it to be. And we thank you for that, Jesus. That you willingly came to this earth to do what was necessary. Not only just to be with us, but to reclaim the creation that was lost to itself. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. So wonderful. So wonderful. So amazing. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Let's sing through that one more. The shining light, an open door, healing touch. Jesus is Freedom's call, hope restored, new life given. Jesus is to a couple people love on somebody love somebody this morning live streamers again it's good to have you
Amen. Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on Christmas Day. I guess it happens once every seven years or whatever it does. And uh, um, we'll take up tithe and offerings. So if you do have uh, giving today, there's envelopes in the chair in front of you. If not, wave your hand around. One of the ushers will help you out. And again, our, our time of worship also includes our time of greeting one another in the name of Jesus as a family of faith, and our worship also extends into our giving time as, as the tithe is holy unto the Lord. Is, is our, uh, our giving of our tithe and our offering as much as response in worship as our song and our lifting of our hands and our bowing down and all of those things. It all is together as an outpouring of thanksgiving from uh, our lives, amen? And uh, I know uh, next Sunday is, uh, by the way, next Sunday is New Year's Day. We do have church, okay, just so you know. Uh, so even if you're up till 2 in the morning, I don't know, whatever you do, um, come to church. And uh, we'll kick the New Year off together and uh, set a course. for two. I can't believe I'm saying it's 2023 already. So, my goodness, I, I think it was Tom and I were talking last night or briefly mentioned that the older you get, the faster time goes. It doesn't feel that way. And I'm getting to the age where I feel like the speed of light is coming. So um, that's just the way I feel about it. Anyways. All right. So you're giving. Let, let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, to be in your house this morning on celebrating you, celebrating your birth. And our giving this morning as the wise men came and give gifts in honoring of, of you, even as a baby, for seeing your kingship, Lord. We respond to you this morning in our giving as ones who live in your kingship. And part of the kingdom of God comes the provision of God. And we thank you for your provision in our giving today. It's, it's a worship unto you. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. So bring something if you have it. Um, by the way, last night, I, I enjoyed our time on Christmas Eve last night at our candlelight. I hope you did too. Um, I do want to say thank you to everybody who uh, had a part and a role in it, and all the way through from the guys and gals that showed up early to make sure our, our uh, stairs and, and the ramp were passable to uh, the crew that put all the food together, which was still food this morning, by the way. So uh, as you head out today, if there's leftovers, please take it um, to uh, everybody that was involved, getting the kids uh, ready and all the costumes and doing their part and, and, and the, the candlelight and the songs at the end. So many people did so many things. So thank you so much for that. And what I love about that is it's a family of faith working and it's involved a lot of people and, and that's my heart. So anyways, uh, I thought it was a wonderful time last night. So, and, uh, so thank you for that. Um, so other announcements, by the way, as we're coming up on things, the biggest thing coming fast is the 21 days of prayer which is uh, January the 8th through the 28th, 21 days consecrating our uh, 2023 to the Lord with 21 days of prayer. By the way, with that, Monday night church-wide prayer kicks off again on January the 9th, not January the 2nd, but January 9th. Uh, we'll kick off our 21 days of prayer. So uh, at the back, at the table there, there are these booklets called Pray First. Just wave one around, Mike, if you didn't get one of these. Uh, you don't have to hand them out now. Just wave them so you can get them afterwards. Uh, if you want one of those, it's not a prayer guide for the 21 days of prayer. It's a prayer guide that kind of teaches you how to pray. Uh, and, and we picked those up from a, 
Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. Pastor Chris Hodges down there. It's just somebody uh, that we check out his stuff. I was there uh, for, uh, I don't know, three days or so this past summer with some other people on staff uh, at the Botkins Church just learning some things. And it's a really good resource. And if you're more of a tech person and you are a paper person, on the backboard back there, there's a 21 Days of Prayer flyer hanging up. There is a QR code on that. If you, if you go to that QR code, there's actually the Pray First app. So what's in the booklet is actually on an app instead. So if you'd rather have that on your phone than the booklet, that's your choice. And you don't have to do this, by the way, but it's just a good resource. And, but what's cool about the app is there's a place to put uh, kind of a, a prayer journal and different things like that. So if, if you want to do that but you're not sure how to do that, let me know, and I'll have somebody that knows tech better than me help you take care of that. So, uh, But 21 Days of Prayer, we will be providing uh, uh, kind of a list of prayer that we're, we're on the same page as some things as a family of faith. But more than that, it's an encouragement to you uh, to make sure you're establishing a prayer life, a prayer rhythm. Um, the challenge over the 21 days of prayer, and this will be a challenge for most of you, is to pray an hour every day over that time. It's not necessarily saying, well, you gotta, you got to uh, do the full hour, count it down to the second check mark, now God's happy. That's not what it's about. But it's a challenge of spending time with him. That's really what it's about. And uh, so there's a, a prayer guide to help you in some prayer. But more than that, you learning just how to be with him and to be in his presence. And, and uh, not just saying things in your prayer, but at times sitting there in his presence and listening, right? And there's different aspects of prayer. So, um, and there'll be some more about 21 days of prayer. So that's coming up, uh, so you're aware of that. And then a couple extra things. The last Sunday of January, the 29th, uh, Judy Zerker's coming here. And after church, for parents, if you want to, even for grandparents, if you're interested, uh, she will be talking about uh, young people and social media. And, and she does this in public schools. She travels. She does actually different, different kind of uh, programs for public schools for kids, ranging from, uh, well, I won't get into all, but, you know, anyway, kids are in here, so I won't say that. But social media and different aspects of lives of young people. And she just wants to make you aware. I'm having her come to make parents aware. Just some things about social media as your kids are getting older. And there's so much technology, so much they can get into. And sometimes... Uh, there's so much out there, it's hard to keep up on what is out there and what it is. Okay, and that's why she's coming. So there'll be a sign-up sheet for that. Uh, and also then, uh, another night that I know we, we've enjoyed in the past, February the 17th, it's a Friday night from 6 to 9 p.m., we have Love Your Marriage Marriage Conference. So we'll have a sign-up sheet for that. It's just uh, for couples, or if, you're, if, you, if you're heading down the road to get married, that's for you tonight where we just encourage you in things about marriage. So anyhow, things coming down the pipe, so watch uh, for those announcements as they get closer. Okay, let's get our Bibles out. Luke chapter 2. Obviously Christmas morning, so that's where we're going to be in the Christmas story. I, I saw a quote that was drawn from a theologian named Karl Barth. If you know your theologians, you know Karl Barth. And he said, it is in the will of God that God is not without us. It is in the will of God that God is not without us. And that's why Christmas morning happened. That's why Jesus was born. Luke chapter 2 and, and verse number 4. And Joseph also went up from Galilee 
from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who is with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to a firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. I saw uh, this kind of a little meme or something the other day that said everybody, every person has to choose whether, whether there's place for Jesus in the inn of your heart. But it's not just about giving him place, but just letting him own the inn. <laughs> let, let him have ownership of the whole place. That we, we give the business over to him. Amen. We'll keep reading here in, in verse number eight. And in the same region, this is, this is the part of the Christmas story that fascinates me the most. It, it's just the part of the Christmas story that we find recorded in, in, in the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Matthew, as we often put them together. This is the part that, since I was a kid, fascinated me. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear, as you can imagine. And the angel said to them, fear not. And that, that, is, that is, is kind of a keynote phrase of the scriptures. Fear not. Do not be afraid. You find that kind of a phrase, and fear not. Do not be afraid. So many times interwoven with so many of the different stories that we find in the scriptures. And here it is affirmed with the birth of Jesus that we can live life without fear. Why? Because God is with us. You realize because God is with you, there is no reason to be afraid. You believe that? Now, now you need to learn to apply that when life is rough and things aren't going your way. And it seems like the mountain in front of you is pretty big. Or maybe when it seems like there is no way. And, and it, we realize then only God can make the way. But we can believe that because he is with us. So we can live without fear in the life that we live. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And so much right there is so much uh, of fulfillment and drawing out of, of a prophecy of the prophets of old. And this will be a sign to you. This is how you know you have found it. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly... Uh, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Other translations say, on whom his favor has rested. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, 
they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. So in other words, they reported what the angels had told them. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her hearts. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Jesus, as proclaimed, is the, and it doesn't, it's not capitalized in your Bible, but you might as well capitalize it. He is the good news. As a matter of fact, he is really ultimately the only good news. Because he's the only news that sustains and doesn't fade away. You realize tomorrow morning, if the mail's running tomorrow, I'm assuming he is, I could get a letter in the mail that's got a thousand bucks in it. How many know that's some good news? But eventually that kind of good news is going to fade away. Jesus is the only good news that never fades away. As a matter of fact, that good news is simply the proclamation of the gospel. The good news of Jesus as it is proclaimed. So when we, when we talk about the word gospel, gospel is a proclamation. The gospel is a proclamation that Jesus is who the scriptures testify that he is. As a matter of fact, Jesus isn't the good news. He's the best news. He's the greatest news you can ever find. And I love what it goes on to say that Jesus is the good news of great joy. You know, when I, when I think about my life and my journey with Jesus since, since I finally, as I say so many times, I finally gave in to him and said, okay, you just, you can have me. And today, after all of these years of following Jesus, today is he still the good news of great joy in the same way as the day I got saved. See, one thing that will sustain you in your Christian life, the journey of living life with Jesus, is that every day he's still the good news, the best news, the greatest news. And in that, you never lose your joy. See, joy is one of the marks of the Christian life. Joy in our salvation. Joy in the freedom that we have found in Jesus. Joy because God is near and we've been reconciled to him. That's what Jesus was born for ultimately. Salvation and reconciliation. I believe that because we believe that joy should mark our lives because we know something. And that something that we know is that I have been saved. Now, I want to tell you something. Hopefully the people close to you know you have been saved, but living life and living out in society, everybody that passes by you doesn't know that you're saved, right? But if they hang around you long enough because of joy, they'll start to catch something that's a little different about you because of the joy of your salvation. Joy marks the Christian life. Listen, don't ever lose the joy of the good news of Jesus. Don't ever do it. 
So for however long you're a Christian, to the last of your days until he comes back, whatever happens first, that the joy of your salvation is as vibrant at that time as the first time that you got saved. Do, do you remember those moments? However, however salvation came to your life, and, and there's one way of salvation, but a million stories about it, right? Jesus could have kind of been courting you for a while in, in certain ways through the work of the Holy Spirit, and finally you came to a moment with him, or maybe it was more like a wrecking ball. You, you know, it was just this moment of you realized you lost in your sin and, and the salvation in Jesus, and you gave your life to him. However it happened, I guarantee in those moments of salvation, when it's starting to grab hold of you, what is going on, there was a joy. I've been around a lot of first-time Christians. They couldn't get enough of their Bibles. They couldn't get enough of figuring out what it meant to pray. They couldn't get enough of the gathering of, of believers when it came to church. You know, you know what I'm talking about? There's something there about it. Don't ever lose the zeal of your joy in the good news that is Jesus. Amen. By the way, that, that joy, as it affects your approach to how you live, and it should, that joy is absolutely infectious. It's like COVID-19, but a good way, right? Instead of spreading that mess around, we spread the joy of Jesus around. Everybody gets around you, rubbing elbows with you, picking up the same fork as you at the, at the buffet line or whatever. You're giving them Jesus instead of something else. It's infectious. One of the great witnesses as a light in this world is our attitude of joy that comes from our salvation. Remember when David fell in sin, the great falling in sin that he said, and he, he wrote in the Psalms, return to me the joy of my salvation. Amen, that we would live in that. But, but the good news of great joy, who is it for? I love this. It is for all the people. Not just isolated to the chosen people of Israel, but the fulfillment of the people of Israel comes in Jesus, that there will be a light to the nations. See, the fulfillment of Jesus' coming of the long-awaited deliverer for Israel actually is not just for them, but it's for everybody. As Paul writes in, in his epistles a couple different times, for in Christ Jesus, here it is, for all the people, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. In him there is neither male nor nor female. In other words, everybody's invited to the family of God and all social constructs are ripped out of it. That's the kingdom of God. In other words, the message is for everyone. But, but what's amazing, you know, listen to what I'm about to say, and this is how the kingdom works. I love this. The Romans, at the time the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is really getting its first steps and the early church is being birthed and it's growing in the Roman Empire. The Romans made fun of it, you know that? Because they said it was a religion for women, children, and slaves. But it's the fulfilling of what Jesus says for all the people. In other words, the gospel works from the fringes in. Isn't that right? The gospel cries out to the downtrodden, to the poor, to the marginalized. That's why the shepherds heard the good news first. 
went to ordinary guys, most likely of, of the poor of Israel, were the first news to hear. We're supposed to hear this great news of Jesus. It works from the fringes. It's not, it's not for the rich. It's not that it's not for the well-to-do, but it works from the outward in. That's the gospel. The, the Christmas hymn, O Holy Night, I, I, you're probably familiar with it. Maybe you can look this up later. It was written in France. It was actually first a poem that there was some music put to it that was translated over into English. But it was written in the mid-1800s. And it was right, obviously, in the mid-1800s, not long before our American Civil War, which, which ultimately uh, centered on slavery and, and, and the freedom of the slaves in our nation. That hymn in our country was very controversial. But part of that hymn spoke to Neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. Have you ever paid attention to the words of O Holy Night? So I'm going to read the, the opening verse and then get to a verse that comes later. It says, O Holy... I'm not going to sing it. You can say amen. I'm going to read it. All right. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin in error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Again, this, this line is my favorite line of all the Christmas hymns. The thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. It, this, this hymn, O Holy Night, is about the redemption of humanity in Jesus. Now listen to this verse that comes later. It's why it's so controversial in America in the mid-1800s. Truly he has taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Change shall he break for the slave is our brother. And in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy and grateful chorus raise we. Let all within praise his holy name. Did you hear that? Right in this French poem turned into a Christmas hymn that ended up in America in the mid-1800s. It's talking about all oppression shall cease and it's pushing against the oppression of mankind, specifically in the area of slave owning. Do you realize the good news of great joy that is for all of the people deals with the oppression of mankind, of one towards another, because within his kingdom there is freedom for all. In his kingdom, social constructs are eradicated. For there is no Jew nor Greek, there is no separation of ethnicity. There's neither slave nor free. Slavery is eradicated, and we're all on the same plane. There's no male nor female, there's no dominant patriarchal constructs were elevated as one in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's when the good news, the great joy for all of the people, it means for all of the people. For everybody. And the, and the promise of the working of the kingdom is ultimate freedom from these things. So when the hymn says, the slave is our brother. 
there's actual working of relationships in such way. That is why when we think about the kingdom of God, that the good news of great joy is for all of the people, we don't just wait for a realized kingdom to come to work these out, but we work towards these things today. Amen. So we see, we see it within the church these things that, that people pit against one another, but they shouldn't be put against one another. We have, well, you should teach Jesus and Jesus only. And then you have this over here saying we should be social justice-minded and helping those around us, and people pit it against one another. No, no, no. The gospel of Jesus causes us to see people as our brother and treat them as such. That makes sense. The social working goes with the good news of great joy that's for all of the people. But there's an outworking of that. Amen. You believe that? Yeah. But again, how does this happen? Because that day in the city of David, a Savior was born, a baby. The Savior, the Christ, the everlasting King, the Lord, the Messiah. The one who is prophesied about the working of the kingdom of God comes from a baby being born. Now, what, what you think about this, a baby was born. What does that change? Well, at that moment, nothing other than the fact it proved that God is with us, that God is near. The, the moment Jesus was born, did all the poor become rich? No. The moment Jesus was born, was all slavery eradicated? No. The moment Jesus was born, was all ills and physical problems taken care of immediately? No. There is the outworking of the kingdom of God that started with the baby being born. And we grab hold of this. And we believe. That is why the working of a kingdom that continues today, we're part of it. And we should be in on it. And we should be aware of how the kingdom works. That's what we've been talking about in this series he is here. How is our world being saved? And that sign of a baby being born, as Matthew says, Emmanuel, God with us, just shows us that God is near. This is the work of God. That God has come to us to begin this great reclamation project of his creation. God is near. God comes to us. And he comes out of love. God's saving the world. It starts with the baby, the son of God. And of course, the, the shepherds received this great message from the angels. I don't know about you, but, but, if, but if a bunch of angels came and told me something and told me where it was that they were telling me about, I think I'd go check it out, right? I wouldn't think, hey, I'll, I'll get to it at a later time. Do you realize when they left, they ditched the sheep? They didn't take all the sheep over there. They left the sheep out there, their responsibility, their financial income. They left it to go see this wonder of the proclamation of an angel that a baby is born. And they go find this baby. 
See, the response of hearing the good news of great joy is that we learn to seek him. Amen. But the thing about seeking God, as the wise men also did later, by the way, and, and by the way, the story of the wise men is not in the scripture reading this morning. Do you realize that God will often work in unconventional ways to bring people to salvation? You know that? How did the wise men know to come find Jesus? What were they reading? The stars. You know, in the law, you're forbidden to read the stars like that. You know that? But yet God spoke through something that they were accustomed to using and doing to expose his son to them to the point that they come to find him following the stars. I would not recommend anybody do anything by following the stars other than if you, if you were lost at sea and you could read the stars and find your way home. That's the only thing I'd ever tell you. Use the stars. Other than that, don't do it. A lot of messed up stuff trying to do that. You get involved in things you shouldn't be in. But yet God spoke to them through that. God will reach people in unconventional ways. As a matter of fact, the whole story of a baby being born, God with us, is very unconventional. But the shepherd and the wise men go seek him, but we can only seek him because he sought us first. The reason the shepherds could go find a baby and the wise men could later go find a toddler is because God sought us and came to us first. If he didn't come to us, you couldn't go find him. That is the work of God. God with us. God near us. So we do not need to be afraid of this life. The good news of great joy has come. See, see some different things that happened at the end of this reading that we had this morning. The first one is after the shepherds came and after they told them what the angels were saying, I love what it says about Mary. There's this little part that's highlighted about Mary. It said, Mary treasured these things in her heart. She pondered them. Can we learn to do the same thing? That the story of how God saved us, can we learn to think, to ponder to contemplate that God has come to save us in the way that he has come to save us. Now, again, this whole series we've been talking about trying to highlight how God saves us is vitally important to not only understanding the kingdom, but how the kingdom works and how we share our faith. That we learn to actually ponder and think about these things. That's important. The second thing we see with the shepherds is it says there that the shepherd's testimony caused wonder in others. Can we be the same? That we have a testimony of Jesus that causes wonder in other people. And the last thing that we see is the shepherds return. And in that, they continue to praise and give glory to God. Can our response be the same? That we are people that ponder the things of God in our heart and we treasure them. 
And part of that is that we cause a wonder in other people. We cause other people to think because of what we treasure in our own hearts. And all the while, this lifestyle consistently giving glory and honor to God for what he has done. Can we be that kind of people? See, that's the response to the story of Jesus. It's not just about being saved. Amen, our Savior has come. But the life that we live is a response of it, pondering this in our hearts and what it means and how it changes us. And I'm not just saved, but what it means to be changed because I've been saved. And part of that changing because I've been saved is this wonder of other people. Again, this infection of joy of the good news for other people. And this everyday life of living in glory and honor to him because of what he has done. These are outworkings of what we call Christmas and what we're celebrating this weekend. That story is just the whole angel and the heavenly host and the shepherds in the field at night and there's an interaction there and this wonder. Again, we see these stories and sometimes they're just stories, but you can imagine being there in real time as it's happening. These incredible miracles that mark Jesus and in his life thereafter. That I would like to capture that in my heart. That it's not just a story. Because, because then it's just like reading the night before Christmas with Santa and the reindeer and the rooftops. Whatever you do with that, that's your, that's your business. But Jesus is the good news. And it's not a story like those things are stories. But this is live, true, abundant life and salvation in him. And I want to ponder it in my heart in a way that permeates my entire being. That's what abundant life is all about. Amen? Amen. So when, so when, I, say, when I say Merry Christmas, these are the kind of things that are kind of bubbling inside of me. By the way, you can't take that away from me. You know, you, you have in these culture wars, they won't let us say Merry Christmas. You can only say Happy Holidays. Who cares? Merry Christmas. Tell somebody about Jesus. I care less if you can say Merry Christmas or not. Tell them about Jesus. Stuff doesn't bother me. Don't care. Amen? Tell them about Jesus. I think we worry about stuff too much. All the stuff that goes on in society. Tell them about Jesus. He is the good news of great joy. Amen? Okay. I promised you I'd let you out a little bit early today due to family gatherings, and I know we have one later. So I'm going to close up right now. Let's pray. Everybody stand on your feet, and we'll close out this morning. Light of the world, Jesus, you have come. Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The kingdom of God inaugurated. And we thank you, Jesus. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. I pray for those here today, those that, that aren't here today, those who are watching live stream, those who are spread out with family today and 
and all of those things. Lord, we, I pray a blessing upon them. I pray that their hearts are full of you. I pray, Lord, that they, they know that you are near, always. I pray there is no fear of anything in life because you are with them. I pray, Lord, that, that they live infectious with their joy, for the King has come. So, Lord, we worship you and we praise you today in the highest regard that we can muster from our souls. That your good news is for all the people, including us. And we thank you for what you have done. For you have come one time in the flesh and you are going to return again. And we look with anticipation for your return. For one coming of the God of the ages, Participates his coming again. Come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, come. We wait for you. But until you return, Lord, simply help us, strengthen us, guide us, lead us. We will be your people. For your glory and your honor, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, very, very, very Merry Christmas. Have a blessed day. We'll be back Wednesday, Sunday.